0: These rules that we're taught when we are young are the very rules, quote I'm using air quotes, rules that are keeping us plain small as grown ass women. <laughs> Basically, they helped to form these messages that we have about needing to be quiet and needing not to break out of the mold. Um, And these rules could be something that maybe was in your family of origin. I know that I learned certain things, or it could also be just part of being in our society.
1: This is your Kick-Ass Life Podcast, episode number 331 with guest Liz Applegate. Hey there, Ass Kickers. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. I am so glad that you are here. I am so incredibly grateful. I know I say this every time, but truly, truly, I think about every single one of you that listens to the show, whether you are working out, whether you are, some of you are in the shower, some of you are doing dishes, some of you are working and have it in your headphones, some of you are at the grocery store, I hope you're social distancing if you are out and about, But I'm just incredibly grateful that you spend your time with me and my guests. Also, hopefully you've checked out the solo episodes that I've done over the last handful of weeks. I threw in some bonus episodes for you and just trying to help out specifically around the crisis that's going on right now. So the one that dropped a couple of days ago, I think that's such a funny word to say, the episode drops. I guess it does. It just seems very like dramatic. But that was episode 330, where I talked about a lot of different things in that episode. I talked about your values and how they might look different right now as we make our way through this time in our lives. I talked about your capacity, about showing up for other people and knowing what your superpowers are and not trying to take things on that really are too difficult for you to manage, and gave you a personal example over there as well. And then also talked to coaches. I think it might have been eye-opening for some of you who um, might not know how a coaching business works, the behind the scenes, if you will, and all of that. And and I know that there are are many of you who are coaches who hopefully found that helpful. And if you missed our book club Q&A, it was a free call that happened, you can still watch the recording or listen to the audio just text the word book club, make it all one word to 55444 and we'll get you the link for that. Also, if you are someone who is feeling like you need some extra support right now, we do offer private life coaching with me or my lead coach. Anything from managing your inner critic any of those behaviors that you read about or listened to and how to stop feeling like shit, we can help you with that, setting boundaries or wherever it is that you are feeling stuck or a little lost. We also help coaches in their coaching business, whether you are a brand new coach or you are someone who's a little bit more established, you might want to start a podcast like this one. You might want to write a book and aren't sure if you should self-publish or if you should go traditional publishing or maybe neither of those and you just want to take your your life coaching business to the next level. We can help you. So for life coaching, head over to yourkickasslife.com slash coaching. And if you are a life coach and want help in your business, head over to yourkickasslife.com slash consulting. All right. I am pumped to bring you today's guest because I've wanted to introduce you to her for a couple of months now. Liz is my lead coach over here at Your Kick-Ass Life. I still do private coaching and Liz helps me out. She is the lead coach over here and I could not be more thrilled to have someone as fantastic of a coach as she is. So for those of you who don't know her, let me tell you a little bit about her before we head into this conversation. Liz Applegate is a certified coach through the Courageous Living Coach Certification, an ICF-accredited coach training program. Besides having her own coaching practice and being a lead coach for Your Kick-Ass Life, she's been on the leadership team of Team CLCC since 2016, helping to teach and coach close to 200 trainees through online and in-person trainings. She's been called an inner critic whisperer by clients who work with her. Those who know her best call her Mama Liz because of the care she provides them, as well as the loving kick in the pants she can give when needed. So without further ado, here is Liz. Liz, welcome to the show. Thank you, Andrea. I'm so excited to have you here. I've been talking about having you on, and then I all of a sudden kind of sprung it on you like a day ago. Yeah, it
0: all works. <laughs> it all works.
1: Well, you know, we're all kind of sitting around with a little bit of extra time on mm-hmm. our hands. And I wanted to, I wanted to, you know, I have a lot of interviews in the queue, but I wanted to do some that were a little bit, you know, Current, because yeah. what everybody's dealing with right now and and not that we're going to talk a lot about the current crisis, but I just I wanted to do a, an interview here and there that was a little bit more in real time and and you know you being a member now of the your kick ass life team, I wanted to introduce you to everyone, and so, as I mentioned in the introduction, Liz Applegate is our lead coach over here and i I'm, I'm so excited to have you and I want to sort of start from the beginning because, Mm -hmm. and I ask this really of all of my guests, is I'm always very curious how you got to the personal development industry. Because I think for a lot of us, we sort of had this epiphany. For some people, it was a spiritual experience or awakening. And so what was your sort of introduction Mm -hmm. into this world?
0: Yeah. So basically, my life was a shit show. And okay. <laughs> so you're one of us. Well, so welcome. yeah. Um, so I th- if I were to think back to how I first got just really interested in personal development. It probably really started when I was in my 20s and I was seeing a therapist and that was the first time I was exposed to the um, MTBI test. And so I learned, I think that was the right initials, right? MTBI? Uh Okay. So that was really kind of the first little exposure that I got. And then fast forward several, several years. <laughs> we won't say how long. Is many.
1: that the one, wait, is that the one where that tells you like that you're an ENFJ yes. and, and that thing? Yes, okay. That yeah, one. Gotcha. There's so many different right. ones. So yeah, that one's really popular. But
0: the, so that was really kind of my first little glimpse of that. And that was in the late eighties. And so it really wasn't like coaching was even a thing back then. Mm-hmm. Um, so you kind yeah. of went to a counselor for everything. You just didn't have a choice. And um, fast forward many years, um, newly divorced, and I was back in a counselor's (laughs) office again for the same damn problem, trying to figure Mm -hmm. out why I was choosing the wrong men for me. Luckily, the counselor that I had this time was, he was very coach-like, which I had never experienced that before, very much about problem solving and forward thinking and let's build a plan. And, you know, it was just a very new experience for me to, to have someone like that. And um, so it was less talk therapy. Yes. Tell me how you feel. Tell me what
1: happened. Right.
0: I mean, we dipped in. More proactive. Yeah, we dipped into that a little bit, but it was definitely proactive. And I just really left there feeling like I had a plan. And so a um, little bit after that, I was in a career transition. Didn't really feel like I needed to go to a counselor for that. But then because of that experience, I thought I'm going to look into coaching. And so I hired my first um, coach at that point, And she really helped me kind of untangle a lot of things that I was experiencing at the time. And through that experience, I just became really interested in what it was to be a coach. Mm -hmm. Um, So in 2012, I um, I have a lot of nonprofit communications and marketing experience. And in 2012, I had opened my own business as a VA and online business manager. And I had a lot of my clients that were talking about you know their fears and things that were coming up for them, and this was a little bit more than what mm-hmm. I had signed up for yeah, um and I was very happy and very honored that they would share those things with me. but I just thought, you know if I really want to support my clients then I need to um, become a coach and so that was how that happened and I just um became a certified coach in twenty fifteen and um, it was really kind of funny because I went in with this belief that it was just going to be part of my online business management. It was just another skill set, and oh. <laughs> I remember us. I have a feeling I know. What happens, but
1: go ahead. Yeah, I don't know the answer to okay. this.
0: Okay. But- <laughs> so we had a we um, as part of our training, we had to coach in front of the whole training. You know, we did it virtually, and so I remember going through this. Coaching training, and I like I just had this epiphany. And we, I closed out the session, and I was asked by Kate. She says, "So, how do you how do you feel?" And I was like, "Holy shit, I'm a life coach!" I mean, it just had never even dawned on me that I, here I was, yeah. like, learning the skill set and really falling in love with it at the same time. Oh my gosh!
1: What an interesting serendipitous mm-hmm. series of events, but of course, not serendipitous. I want to jump in and say, for people that don't know, a VA is a virtual assistant. Mm. People might not know what that is. (laughs) Yeah, sorry about that. That's okay. Jargon that we coaches use that (laughs) people might not know. A virtual assistant, which some people listening out there might want to look into. Mm -hmm. It's a lucrative Mm -hmm. career that you can do where you work from home and you can make money helping people who also work from home, Mm -hmm. like me. Run their businesses and 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 actually be an assistant, right? And so the other thing too, when you said Kate, Kate, yes, that's Kate Courageous, who's a friend of mine. Who <laughs> I know, I'm just
0: actually introduced me to you. Yeah, I'm just having these conversations like we all know everything. So thank you for clearing that up. And I think I I think here. I said OBM, which that's an online business manager. You said online yes. business manager. Okay. yeah, okay.
1: Well, and, and I was actually wrong. I thought that you were going to say that you entered life coach training to learn this new skill set and didn't realize how much of your own personal life would change in the oh, process, like having to do your own work. Because that was my surprise.
0: That was my surprise as well because, um, oh yeah, that's a biggie. Um, we had during training, um, there's all these beautiful posters that are up and one of them said, um, the something about like this program, all your shit's going to come up and it'll be the best thing that ever happened. And I remember laughing thinking, ah, I've dealt with my shit for a long time. I'm good. Oh my God. Yeah. That was like, <laughs> should never whisper those words. So
1: yeah. Life coach training, I feel like is one of those things where it's, it can be, it's not always, but it's like people Come out of there like born-again Christians. (laughs) Like they are like, we need to tell everybody the good news. Right. And we need to sign everyone up that we know for this training. And then you go home and do that. And people are like, you need to get out of my face. Coaching stuff. (laughs) Yeah. But it's it can really change your life for the better. And I know people who did life coaching training who really had no intention of doing it as a career. Mm -hmm. They just wanted to do it so that they can better communicate with their pe- the people in their life, their partners, et cetera, or they wanted to be able to work. You know, they're in human resources mm-hmm. for a company and they want to be able to work better with the people there. I mean, it's it doesn't have to be just a career for you. Anyway, little side right, note there. Right. But I, I love – one of the things I love about you and sort of your message and one of the reasons I wanted to bring you on as a lead coach and have you on the show is because you talk a lot about breaking the good girl – Good girl rules. I'm so excited about this. I can't even get the words out of my mouth. So talk to us about that, breaking the good girl mm. rules.
0: Yeah. So, um, and of course I came through this through my own experience and and my own life, but I am a big believer that these rules that were taught when we are young um, are the very rules, quote, I'm using air quotes rules that are keeping us playing small as mm-hmm. grown-ass women. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm, basically, mm-hmm. Um, you know, it. they helped to form these messages that we have about needing to be quiet and needing not to break out of the mold. Um, and these rules could be something that maybe was in your family of origin. I know that I learned certain things or it could also be just part of being in our society <clears throat> where we right. are now. A hundred percent. Like, you know,
1: I don't think my audience knows this hundred percent. I haven't talked about it at length, but you know, I wrote my first two books and then 2016 happened and then 2017 happened with the Me Too movement and then in 2018 the Kavanaugh hearings and just over and over again the the culture and what was happening was not anything you could ignore right. or pretend like it wasn't happening. We we saw a change that was taking place. And if nothing else, it was a conversation that was happening. So on a personal level, what that had to do with me in my career as an author, as I looked in the mirror and I was like, I cannot write another self-help book mm-hmm. without addressing this, mm-hmm. without addressing the fact that it is my opinion that we got here, and by we, I mean people who identify as women, got here. By here, I mean in this place of feeling not good enough, of having so much negative self-talk, of feeling like we don't measure up, of constantly comparing ourselves to other people and feeling like we need to be competitive with each other. This is because of the patriarchy. And it's not because of men. It's because of the system that was created. And the patriarchy, as we know, hurts men and women. Mm -hmm. And I can't... Mist pump and say, you go, girl, <laughs> you know, girl power, right. without saying, here's the problem and here's how we remedy it. First by having the conversation and and pointing at it and say, This, this is what's wrong. Here's how we fix it. Mm-hmm. And so all that to say, I fiercely agree with mm-hmm. everything you said, and, and that it comes from sometimes our family of origin. It largely comes from our culture. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I think it can come from past relationships right. from men or women that we've been in relationships with who have also grown up in the same mm-hmm. culture that we do that buy into the same messaging.
0: Right. And I, yeah, I'm i always quick to say I don't feel like our parents gave us these rules to keep us um, no. playing small, like it, it, that was no. how they were raised. Um, they're very much in the same um, society that we are in, and that was just something that was passed down. And so um, yeah, it's very interesting, I think when I look back in my own life and then the clients that I've had, and it's interesting too, because every time I say something like, "Oh, you know the, oh, that's a good girl rule every every woman I've ever met says, "Oh, yeah, I know what those are." You know, it's something that we don't even talk about yet. We know what they are.
1: We know what they are and, and we just accept them as truth. Mm-hmm. Right. It's one of those things where when I really started to look at it, I don't know if you had this feeling, but I felt a visceral, something rose up inside of me. Mm-hmm. Did you feel that way? Oh, right? yeah. Like physically? Yeah. I like I many years ago, God, I can't believe it's been many years, not been many years, been a couple of years, I should say. I wrote a poem called My Resignation. And it came from the Me Too movement of reading women's stories Mm -hmm. and over and over and over again and feeling the collective rage that I did. I processed that through writing. Mm -hmm. And at that time I was writing a lot of poetry, and that was one of one of the pieces that came out of that. Mm -hmm. And so many women emailed me and said, You know, A, that they loved it. And also, I had a handful of them, a large handful of them, that said, I had no idea what I was mad at Mm -hmm. until I heard you read that poem. Right. And I started crying or I started getting really angry or whatever. It's Mm -hmm. like, because this is just, you know, even one of my closest friends was saying, for so long, I just accepted that this is just how it is for us.
0: Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And, you know, if we want to speak directly into um, the Me Too movement, I know that I heard comments from people, you know, saying, well, how come people didn't speak up sooner? How come these women didn't say anything sooner? And from my own experience of, you know, dealing with a stepbrother of not feeling like I could speak up, it was very much a good girl rule that I was just to keep quiet Mm -hmm. that I had probably egged this on, I had done something. So there's so much of that in our society that is like, we just don't even realize it. And then just to be, you know, yeah, that was a very, that was a very hard time for me. I I just remember during the Kavanaugh hearings, just feeling that rage and just the collectiveness of Yeah, I'm actually getting like the shakes now, still thinking about it. It's just Mm -hmm. sort of like, um, it's just hard to believe that we are in this time in history and we're still dealing with that kind of thing.
1: So you work with clients specifically. I know that you do like several different things. It's not just women who who come in feeling this way about feeling that they've always been the good girl Mm -hmm. and and wanting to get back to their, their more authentic self. But what do you, when someone comes to you, what are some things that you do to help them kind of get to that place of their,
0: of their biggest, best self? Mm-hmm. So, f- well, first off, I just want to say that I, I meet my clients where they are. So mm-hmm. wherever that is. And um, a lot of times so I'm, I'm getting ready to share like this framework that I kind of follow, but sometimes we can skip over some of these these places is what I'm trying to say. So it's not exactly like a step-by-step process. Um, But the framework I use is um, mostly we start off just like reclaiming, you know, where we are now and where we want to go. It's kind of like this stake in the ground. I'm no longer willing to put up with whatever's going on Mm. and I'm ready to move forward. Um, We really look at, you know, what's it costing? Like, in your life, like what, you know, continuing on, what is it costing you and why are you um, staying stuck and playing small? Um, And this really, this step is really about awareness to start paying attention to what's coming up, because I feel like that's so important. We just kind of move through life unaware. And when we do that, then um, these habits kind of continue.
1: Well, I'm going to, I'm going to jump in for a second because I call that, and it's probably exactly the same mm-hmm. thing, but it's tolerations. right. And I it's what's really interesting is that sometimes when you're hearing people talk about it, like people are listening to us have this conversation, we don't even realize, you know, they might be like, well, of course, I don't put up with any bullshit. Mm-hmm. you know, i'm I'm that type of lady some people know that they're actually tolerating stuff that they shouldn't be, but I think there's a large part of the population who really doesn't think that they have a lot of things that they need to really examine. And it can be incredibly... I think it can be emotion filled, not always at first empowering. Mm-hmm. It can feel like you look at this list of things that you're tolerating, and then you're like, holy shit, does this mean I actually have to take action on these things? Does this mean I actually might have to have a hard conversation with someone right. and set a boundary? So it can be, I mean, I'm not saying that to scare people, mm-hmm. like I might be, yeah. <laughs> but I think when you're ready, you're ready. Mm-hmm. You know, you were saying at the beginning of the show that you. Got to a point in your life where you wanted to realize why you kept picking the same relationships over and over again. So, like that for you, I'm assuming was your way of reclaiming your life Mm -hmm. of saying, here's what I can't tolerate
0: anymore. Right, right. And I had to go through that several times in my life, honestly. And, you know, each step was a different, a different place of learning about who I was. And so, I don't want to also come across like it's a one and done thing because I think those of us in personal development know that it's kind of like a, it's a one and done for now until we come up to against something mm-hmm. else. And then it's time to dive back in and look at other areas that those things are coming up as well.
1: Yeah. I say it all the time on this show that, the journey never stops. Mm-hmm. You never stop learning. That's why I still do episodes every single week. And I'm always the person who's quick to share personal things that happen in my life mm-hmm. where I, I mean, this last two weeks, I'll tell you what, <laughs> I mean, we're recording this at the end of oh March, my gosh. and it like all of my shit has come oh, up, yeah. which I know that has been the case for everyone. Mm-hmm. And I have had to be reminded of my tools of you know, yes. my, reminding myself as well as other people that I care about in my life, where I have come to them and said, mm-hmm. "I'm really struggling around this one thing," and, and being reminded because at the end of the day, we're all human. Just because we do this for a living doesn't mean oh yeah, we're one and done
0: or right. You know, have it right. In our back pocket sometimes I even <laughs> feel guilty because it's sort of like oh, I know my tools. Why am I not doubling yeah. down on my tools? <laughs> so. Sometimes, sometimes we're late. Yeah, yeah, to the party,
1: but but we still have them and we still eventually use them. We're human at the end of the day. Well, I want to ask you too about something that I think I mean, I make this up, I don't that you probably work on this with clients because you work with this specific woman of you know always feeling like she needs to be the good girl. Mm -hmm. Do you talk about and coach through limiting beliefs?
0: Oh, yes. Yes, yes. So that's like the next, the next step in the process. Once we become aware, and once we start seeing how they're coming up, then we start looking at shoulds and limiting beliefs. And this is where um, we look.
1: We'll talk to us about what limiting beliefs are. Like, give us some mm. examples because some people might not be sure what that is.
0: So limiting beliefs are just basically these um, stories that you're carrying around with you and. They are the ones making the decisions, right? They're the ones that are holding you back, the ones that are keeping you playing small. Um, and they could be anything like, um, let's see, like I can't apply for that job because I don't have enough education. So mm-hmm. you've already formed this belief around your education about and about your ability to to apply for a job. I mean, that's just a very basic and simple one.
1: Yeah, a- and probably very common. Mm-hmm
0: very much so or um, anything about around relationships oh I you know e- even education can come into that one is too you know mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. I can't have a relationship with this person because of my education or my background or so basically it's just this belief that a lot of times you don't even realize you're moving through the world with and yet right. it's really informing your reality it's really it's really the Driving, the, driving bus. the bus. Yes, that's a good mm-hmm. way to say it. And so uh, I feel that a lot of these limiting beliefs do come from the good girl rules. And because of these things that we were taught when we were growing up, you know, um, I have a big thing about being bossy.
1: Oh, my God. So
0: <laughs> I always... Um, when I was younger, I was just told, you know, you need to stop being bossy. I was the oldest sister. And so a lot of times I was, I was having to be the mom. And yet at the same time, I was told not to be bossy. And so, um, I have this, this real thing about stepping into leadership because I don't want to appear bossy. And mm-hmm. so, for the longest time, I would, I would really shrink away from being a leader in situations. And so, that was a limiting belief that I had was that I can't be a leader because then I'd be bossy. And so, that's an example of how this good girl rule that I was carrying around Um, was really informing me stepping into places where I could really use my gifts and shine. And I will Mm -hmm. even still see my, you know, I'll say something like, um, you know, I'm very timid. Um, I don't want to appear bossy. But, you know, it's kind of like I like put this parameter around this. And, you know, you just need to stop that shit. <laughs> I mean.
1: Yeah. Apologizing yes. before you even th- say the sentence mm-hmm. that you're have the idea or whatever. Yeah. Right. All of those things that I think many of us are familiar with. I'm going to start listing at um, being bossy and aggressive as my hobbies. Oh, I love it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: I excel at those things.
0: Oh, I love it. It's
1: interesting. You know, my daughter's 10 mm-hmm. and Watching her, and she's she's sort of in the middle. She's not a super follower, timid person, but yet she's not bossy loud and and aggressive. And 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 quite honestly, that's how I was when I was her Mm -hmm. age. And but there are some girls that I've noticed who are who would be labeled as bossy. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting when, you know, if I mention this to another mom you know, and I'll, I'll stop myself and I'll say, and we kind of laugh about it. And I'm like, she definitely has leadership qualities. Mm-hmm. or I'll say, she's going to be the CEO someday. right? And it's, it's, I, I hope, and I, there's gotta be some kind of program out there for young girls of that age that work to shape girls who are like that, mm-hmm. who have those leadership qualities and teach them how to use it in a really great way. Because, Let's be honest at the same time, it's not a great skill to push other people down. Right. And not let anybody get a word in edgewise. Cause I've seen that with girls as well. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, snatching things out of other people's hands and not giving anybody else an opportunity at all. There's right. no side to it. But I I just see so much potential in these, mm-hmm. in these girls and it truly is leadership qualities. It really truly is.
0: It is. And so I'm the mom of three sons and I never once said to my sons, don't be bossy. And so I feel like there is just very much these Things And I don't want to generalize, you know, I don't want to say all girls are told not to be bossy, and no boys mm-hmm. are ever told not to be bossy. But um, I just feel like there are very specific things that girls are told. And um and they are really, they can be shaped into wonderful leadership qualities. But when we're yeah. telling them, hey, don't, you know, like I was told, don't, stop being so bossy. You shouldn't be bossing your sister around. You shouldn't be, you know, I mean, all those things. And I just kind of squelched it down because it was wrong.
1: Yeah. And these are the things that that shape and, and form us, mm-hmm. our limiting beliefs, like you were talking about. Right, right. Well, I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about, creating connections with other women, because that is something that that is something that you encourage and teach mm-hmm. in, in your community. So talk to us about that, creating connections with other women.
0: So connection is a core value of mine. I really feel like as women, we're really meant to be in community. Um, mm-hmm. If you look at um, just civilization through time, women were always in community. But I just feel like in this modern life that we are In um, It really pulls us away from that. Um, I remember my mother-in-law telling a story how when my husband was um, young, all the women in the neighborhood or the street would pull out their ironing boards and iron together in the driveways. They would have all these extension cords cobbled together and then they would oh iron gosh, together right and then if one and this is when they used to iron sheets so good grief yes, they were in underwear <laughs> exactly mm-hmm. but if one um, mom got finished she would go over and help her neighbor and i just always thought that that was just such a beautiful image and how sad it is that even if you're a stay-at-home mom these days you often feel alone mm-hmm. um so it's just something that I am just really passionate about. I have been very lucky in my life to have um close communities of women. And and I when I say that, I mean beyond just like PTA moms. I mean, I've mm-hmm. nothing against PTA moms. I used to be one of them. But, you know, I had a circle of friends that it was just PTA moms and we just talked about the PTA and the weather and, you know, that kind of stuff. But yeah, the surface right, stuff. But I'm I'm talking about um Connections, you know, groups of women where where we are really there to lean on each other through times of helping helping one another raise their children. Um, uh-huh. And I'm lucky to have in person, you know, groups, and then also groups who I have met online. And so it's really just something that I feel it's just such a passion of mine. I just can't even like share that enough, my belief that we should have that somewhere in our lives.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm with you. And I think even for for women that, you know, as we're seeing more and more women, especially of the, the millennial generation, decide not to have children, mm-hmm. which thank God that's becoming a right. thing that is more accepted mm-hmm. because I think even, especially our mother's generation, that was not acceptable, really. Uh, it was very... You were other if you were right. a woman who decided not to have children, if that wasn't for you. But even it doesn't matter whether you're a mother or where you decide not to have children or you can't have children. it's, it's we belong in community. I mean, mm-hmm. think about what's happening right now as people are social isolating and I am an extrovert. Mm-hmm. I'm having a very hard time yes. with this. Same. <laughs> I'm watching like old videos, whether it's on social media or something like that. And I'm like, oh my God, remember when we used to get together in groups? Right. Like it seems so long ago and it was only two weeks, but it seems like years ago. Like I'm grieving this place of being able to be with other people. And I think even people who are introverts mm-hmm. like their time with people just on a, you know, smaller scale exactly <laughs> than we do. And it's, no one can argue that we as humans are meant to be in community with each other. We are social creatures 100% through and through. And this does not stop when we get home from work. And mm-hmm. and, and I write, I wrote about this in my book about how it's not just about having those surface conversations with people like you were mentioning, the PTA moms and talk about the weather. Mm-hmm. Of course we do that, the small talk. My hope is that women find other women whom they can have these deeper relationships with. Right. And I, when I talk about this, there is, for some women, they feel flawed or extremely sad mm-hmm. that they don't have those friendships in their life. And and it takes work. Right. And that, that's one of the things I work on with my clients is, is trust and friendships. Mm-hmm. Like, what are your friendships look like and what can you do? I mean, I had one client where it was like, every week I was assigning her to get out there, go to the gym, talk to three. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like dating. So like you have to put yourself out there yeah. and, and get to know people and it's vulnerable. It's extremely vulnerable.
0: It's very vulnerable. And honestly, we've all had those mean girl experiences, right? Oh, um, my God, either yes. we were the recipient of that or maybe we were a mean girl. I mean, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so we know what that's like. And I feel like that is something that also can Inform a limiting belief to go back to that um, about how all women are catty or all women are a certain way. And I don't believe that's true from my own experience, but I have Mm -hmm. had those experiences as an adult. And I just feel like that that's just that's part of the vulnerability piece. You're just putting yourself out there. And um, unfortunately, you know, you may experience that, but fortunately, you may find people who are not like that.
1: Well, I yeah, I want to jump in because I am such a I get I turn into an evangelist about this, and I and I'm so glad that you acknowledged how painful it can be to be the recipient of, you know, mean girl behavior, and also being the mean girl. Like once you realize yeah. what was behind your behavior. There were some incidents in high school. I talked about it on the podcast that I do with my friend Amy Smith on Not Another Pod. We had a we had a segment where we talked about it was called juvenile delinquents. Mm-hmm. And I talked about this girl that I I mean God, I, I could probably say that I I bullied her for a very short time. She was the girlfriend of my ex boyfriend. My my high school boyfriend broke up with me to to date her. And She was beautiful and sweet, and we would throw M Ms at her like from across the quad. I mean, we probably right. didn't even hit her, but egged her house. And I I don't know what kind of deep conscious I had as a sixteen year old girl at the time, but I ended up apologizing to her and her parents. Mm. It really, i don't I don't think it was right then, but it was later on that I realized that that was completely fueled from a deep place of insecurity, from a deep place of pain, right. that I was looking for an easy target to blame because I was so incredibly broken-hearted that I took it out on her. And it was entirely unfair. And even, when so we ended up being friends, actually, through high school, and then even when Facebook popped back up or popped up in the two thousands, you know, probably around two thousand and seven or two thousand and eight, and we you know became Facebook friends, I private messaged her and apologized again, yeah, and so yeah. It's, and she was like, "It's fine. We were friends, and right. I'm like, I know, I just i'm you know i'm I'm much older now mm-hmm. than we were in high school and and wanted to circle back because I just I think that we no one is ever inherently mean, right? I don't believe that about people. Right. I don't. and I, I think that once you realize where your behavior is stemming from, that feels incredibly shitty. Mm-hmm. And I just want I say all this because my hope is that women listening, you know, I've had women come to my retreats and say, "I have never trusted a woman before in my life, right. whether they have had really difficult relationships with their mother." or with their friendships. And people just don't know how to have hard conversations. And they also don't know how to apologize. I'm making a sweeping generalization Mm -hmm. here, but I, I was like, for the large part that that's what we need to learn and that's what coaching can teach you too right
0: exactly and i i really love that you were able to recognize that the you know the mean girl actions that were taking place you know that was from pain and that was from mm-hmm. insecurity and those are tools that um, unfortunately I, our parents didn't have to teach us you know right. so i'm actually really excited for the fact of parents now because they just seem so much more informed <laughs> than yeah. than I was and when ours. I was a parent and yeah. definitely more than my parents were but um
1: I always say this is not to blame and shame my parents right. they did the best they could exactly. with the tools
0: they had which were like none of right them. <laughs> same <laughs>
1: I'm lucky I was loved. Uh, you know, yeah. it's like, <laughs> yeah. I had clothes and food Ooh. and lots of affection, which some people don't have. Right. And um, yeah, not a lot of resiliency tools and coping mechanisms and things like that. And so thank you so much for sharing your your um the whole good girl thing and and the process and how you
0: got here. Is there anything else you wanna? you want to say before we close up today? Oh, gosh, no, I'm just so excited to be here and so excited to be on your team. And um, it's just been great. And every time we talk, I'm like, oh my gosh, I could just talk forever. So,
1: <laughs> Well, you know me. I could talk about personal development forever and and you are just such a joy and I'm so glad to have you on the team. And if anyone is interested, you can head on over to yourkickasslife.com slash coaching and read about the different packages that we offer. And I just, I really do think that even though we are in a time of, of crisis and for some people bad financial struggle, I understand. But I do believe that there are people out there who could really use some Mm -hmm. support. Mm -hmm. And whether it's with me or whether it's with Liz, we want to be able to see if we can help you. And hopefully it's a good fit. So head on over there where you can email us to get some more information. And until next time, Ask Kickers, I will see you all out in cyberspace. Mm Bye-bye.